2: Hey, C Sparky Fiber, 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out. Brought to you by Potawatomi Sportsbook. Bet on all your favorite sports 24-7. Enjoy over 70 self-service kiosks, wall-to-wall TVs, free parking, great food, and a full bar. Bet big, bet bold. Learn more at Pays Big. Dot com. Time to talk some Brewers baseball right now with the Milwaukee Brewers beat writer, Kurt Hogue from the Milwaukee Journal. So I'll follow him on Twitter at Kurt Hogue. That's C-Y-R-T-H-O-G-G. Uh, how about the Brewers? Lots to talk about, especially since they signed a big fish. Uh, and Reese Hoskins, the first baseman from the Philadelphia Phillies, I certainly didn't expect it. Uh, what was your initial thoughts and reaction to it, Kurt?
1: On one hand, not a surprise at all. The fit makes tons of sense. The Brewers, more than almost anyone in the league, needed a first baseman. Reese Hoskins was maybe the top first baseman on the market yep. and had a bit of a diminished market compared to what you would expect given his career production because of that ACL injury suffered last spring. So it kind of made sense as like a perfect opportunity for the Brewers to sneak in and look a little bit like in 2019 when they – Swooped in and signed Moustakis and Grandal to those one-year deals when their markets were diminished. Uh, but on the other hand, the Brewers gave out a, a two-year deal worth, you know, up to thirty-four million dollars if uh, if Hoskins doesn't take the opt-out. And that's never a guarantee with with this club um, giving out that high of an you know average annual value or giving out a multi-year deal. So a, a little bit of both, um, but I think in the end it just made a lot of sense.
2: How does he fit into American Family Field? Obviously, uh, his numbers at American Family Field with the Phillies going against Brewers pitching are very good. But I feel like anytime you get a fly ball hitter inside that bandbox, things normally work out pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think people all, a lot of time talk about left handed hitters can benefit at AmFam Field because of that short porch, uh, the picnic area in, in right field. But the left field power alley, I think, is like left center is actually. A bit more conducive for if you're looking for a guy to slug some homers. Like it's it, it, there's some spots out there that are n- not that deep. Like going into the Brewers bullpen, so hitters love hitting there. Um, he's a guy who hits a ton of fly balls, and in the summer we know a lot of times the ball just really, really carries at the park. So yeah, I mean, like signing any power hitter, it sh- it should come to fruition, uh, come to play out well in Milwaukee. Now, of course, he's coming off the ACL injury. It's 2024, and you don't worry a ton about uh, you know guys rehabbing that. It's kind of like Tommy John now to a degree. Like you just you expect them to be come back healthy, but we won't know until we see it in spring training and we see it uh, in big league games how he's how he's fully recovered.
2: And by all indications, he's a great clubhouse guy, good guy in the community. I mean, he was beloved uh, in Philadelphia, so it seems like a good fit for the Brewers. Obviously, he slots right there into the middle of the order somewhere. Uh, Jackson Cherry signed that huge extension uh, earlier in the off season and the assumption goes well he'll be starting somewhere for the Brewers on opening day. Do you think that assumption is correct and if so where is he starting?
1: I don't think I don't I, I, I'm not assuming that he is going to be the starting center fielder. I think there's a very very good chance that he wins the job, but the emphasis is going to be on him winning the job. He's got to come in ready to perform and and you know in, in great shape and fitting in the clubhouse and all all these sorts of things because they've got some talent out there. I mean, Garrett Mitchell's had been productive in the big leagues. Um, you know, the Brewers have a, – a, they're in a good spot where they can kind of move some guys around, like Freelick can play right field. So, you know, Joey Weimer could play somewhere. So it doesn't just have to be one guy winning one job out there, but you've got a lot of talent, um, and I don't think – it is in the Brewers' best interest to walk into camp and, you know, you look at Weimar and Freelich and Mitchell and say, this guy's a center fielder. Sorry, sorry, guys. At the end of the day, though, Jackson Trejo is incredibly talented, an uber prospect, and so it would make a lot of sense if he does end up winning the job. But I don't think it's a guarantee that he's, uh, he's in Milwaukee, or I should say New York, for opening day on March 30th, although... Is your reward.
2: Medela, the mark of a
0: fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Let's talk about Jackson Cheerio for a second before we get back to those other young outfielders. For those that have been living under a rock or maybe aren't on social media to see videos you've posted over the course of time, tell everybody kind of what this dude's all about and what he does well.
1: Just about everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's reason the Brewers guaranteed him 80-something million dollars. Uh, the thing that stands out most is like, it's the bat speed. It's, it's the electric power. Um, he doesn't, you know, strike you as your classic Reese Hoskins power hitter yet. There's no reason to think he's doesn't have 20, 25 home runs in, in that, that profile, um, on you know, at, at a minimum, once he reaches his peak, I mean, he can also play a really good center field. Like he's only been playing the position for two, two or so years, but he's a plus athlete, really fast runner. Um, it makes good contact. I mean, he's barely struck out in the second half of of the season last year at Double A as a 19 year old. Once they switched from using these pre-tacked balls that had some wonky spin going on to the normal baseball, he just stopped striking out <laughs> at Double A. So, yeah, uh, just <laughs> that's, that's like I said, that's it's it's everything, um, and and it's the the tools are really loud and really promising, and I think at the end of the day, that's why he's going to get 500 dead-bats, maybe? 400, 500 dead-bats this year with the Brewers?
2: I'm just going to give everybody a little clue here that's listening to this. The fact that Kurt can't stop himself from laughing when talking about somebody is a very, very good sign of how good this kid is. That's all I'm going to say. He just keeps laughing and talking about how great he is. It's going to be fun to kind of see how this translates. Uh, Now, what about Joey Weimer? Is there a chance that he ends up in AAA to start the year uh, and Freelich and Mitchell end up splitting time maybe uh, in the outfield with Jelich and those other two spots and Weimer works on his new swing or whatever they're working on in AAA for the time being?
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely in the realm of possibility. If you looked at all the the four young outfielders or so between Mitchell Frelick, Churio, and Weimer, he's the guy that's probably most likely to start uh, in AAA. But I do think there's a way that the Brewers can get all, all the young guys on the opening day roster. I think they'll all end up getting some good run this year, um, regardless of how... <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of the guys that's, like, always talking about the opening day roster, and then I forget, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> he could... Joey Weimer wasn't on the opening day roster, but he was up on the second day, and I'm the starting center fielder. So uh, I think they'll all end up making some large impact, but I do think out of all of those outfielders, uh, Weimer was the one who maybe learned the most in his rookie year about how his game and how his skill set carries over to the big leagues and learned that he has to make some adjustments. And now we'll see what those wind up being. Obviously he's, he's got a very unique style of hitting and it's a delicate balance to walk of, you know, you don't want the guy to lose who he is at the plate, but it was very clear from how big league pitchers attacked him in the second half, that something's got to change. And just because of that need for adjustments, there's a chance he starts in AAA especially if they want him to play every day um, but there's also definitely like you can see an argument to putting him on the roster he hit lefties really well and he plays great defense
2: he does indeed let's talk about a third base uh, the brewers side christian arroyo utility type infielder uh, nothing special uh what what about third base kind of going forward uh, into this year do you think there's a free agent still to be signed to come in and plop in at third base some type of veteran guy like a Hoskins that they could get for a one-year rental, uh, or are there other uh, ideas here?
1: The the infield market this year in particular was not very hot, and now at this point, you know, unless you're going out and getting Matt Chapman, which I don't foresee the Brewers, you know, paying that price at this point, uh, it's it's limited. And I think a guy like Christian Arroyo is sort of the deal that makes more sense. And um, since they have Addressed it to a degree with his minor league signing, obviously with the you know chance to make a, a real chance to make the big league roster. It's not you know it's a little it's a little more than your regular minor league signings. But now that they've addressed it with that, I I kind of feel like get the feeling like this is going to be the group that they run in there. Now maybe someone pops up in a trade and and they they swing something for a third baseman, uh, but between Monasterio giving Tyler Black a shot at third base. Christian Arroyo, uh, Owen Miller's still uh, still on the roster hanging around. So it, it feels kind of like it'll be an open competition, see who picks it up. And this is why you go get Reese Hoskins, because you had two huge question marks at the corners. And by addressing one of them with, you know, probably the, the best available bat on on the market at the position, it, <laughs> it makes your life a little easier when uh, you're not – you know, having those two huge question marks and you can kind of piece together third base with a variety of different options.
2: What about this rotation? Uh, obviously they decide to keep Corbin Burns against my better wishes uh, and so they're going to go with Burns, Peralta, Wade, Miley and then after that what does it look like uh, on the back end all the way to this I guess sixth pitcher that you know that'll see time?
1: Yeah, uh, however you want to number it, you can number it. Colin Ray is going to be an innings leader for for them for sure he's not a guaranteed deal uh, Aaron Ashby I think is like the wild card for this team that nobody is talking about um if he's healthy and he's starting there's some serious upside there that has not been tapped into yet now that's these are huge question marks like for you know a guy who has played what one one full season in the big leagues and was health was hurt even during portions of that and missed all of last year and you know how these arm injuries can be. So that that's a that's a big wild card for the Brewers that could swing things. Um, I don't hear his name being brought up a lot. Robert Gasser is going to be in the mix come camp. Um, Carlos Rodriguez will be in camp, but I, I don't foresee him getting a shot at the open-day rotation. What about so, Joe
2: Ross? Is he a bullpen guy?
1: Joe, yeah, yeah, no, I, they intend on bringing Joe Ross in as a starter. Uh, I would not be surprised at all to see him get the number five starter, I think. It's once we see how Ashby looks and hear the reports on how his health is, it'll make, the whole picture will make a whole lot more sense. But until we get that, yeah, maybe it's I think it's probably fair to say Joe Ross will be the number five starter, even if I think maybe his pitch mix and profile is better more or less like a Bryce Wilson type sort of guy.
2: What about back end of the bullpen? Obviously it's Devin Williams. Is a rebate your eighth inning guy, do you think? Uh or no?
1: Uh f- I think it's going to be Piamps, right? I mean, given yeah, Piamps, yeah, yep. Now I, uh, Uribe is, is taking bets to be the the next closer after you know they inevitably do move Devin Williams at some point in the future. It's it's Admiral Uribe. He's got the whole profile of a closer, including you know, bouts of wildness. Um, so, it, and there's going to be a huge role for Uribe this year. But it's I, it's it is unique to see a team have that elite of a bullpen last year and then bring every single guy back. I True. think their top eight relievers, maybe, um, are all back last year, all the way down to, like, Trevor McGill. So it's it should be a good group, but we never know with bullpens. That's the thing. Like, you, you can never just assume that because they were all good last year that they're all going to be good this year. Now, Devin Williams, I'll assume it, but everyone else is... Uh, that's the nature of relief pitching, man.
2: So, if this team competes for a division, and I think that's what expectations probably are in that building, um, does that mean then that essentially they're going to let Adamas and Burns walk at the end of the year?
1: Yeah, Holy absolutely. F- um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, see, that's an interesting reaction because. Oh,
2: I hate it. I. I it's.
1: I. I think that we as like baseball people had become conditioned to the brewers and other small markets. Like you can't let that happen. You can't let guys walk for nothing. Um, and there's a fair argument to kind of do the, do the raise model of things. But the the counterpoint to that is this, think about the beginning of the off season, right? There were reports like the athletic was writing about how the brewers were going to kind of blow it up. They were going to look toward the future and the prospects. Um, and, and that made sense. But on the other hand, it's like, you have you still have one last chance with Adamus with Burns uh, to to have a crack at it. I mean, you've got really good borderline elite players at two of the most important positions, and so you know what? Wh- why why not give it one last run? I thought maybe like last year, or two years ago, throwing a few more finances at this team would have. You know, aided in making a, another run at it. Obviously, they did make a run in, in the end anyway, but it's just... Um, I don't know. I, I do think it's a bit refreshing to see a small market team at the end of the day say, you know what? Screw it. We This might backfire on us, uh, but we're going to give it a shot.
2: But this is the thing. Okay? So, if you're going to do this, and you have Fielder and Braun and a team that legitimately can maybe have a crack at the World Series... Okay, I guess. Uh, Because a lot of that team was was coming back anyhow after Fielder walked away. In this instance, more than likely, you're not going to re-sign Burns, you're not going to re-sign Adamas, and then, regardless of whether or not Mark wants to do it or not, looking at that starting rotation, I don't see how they're not in a rebuild after this year if they don't get anything back for either one of those two.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's fair. I, I think it all would have depended on what your potential rebuild or potential return for like a burns would be. Um, I definitely think, you know, like it's it's not as if the brewers didn't shop him at all or listen to offers on him. Um, they set the price high to, you know, in terms of like we need right now prospects that can help us win in 2024. That must not have happened. And then, you know, it, it's, 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 there's a risk. You've got a great farm system, but there's no guarantee that any of these guys are, you know, at, are good. That's just the reality of prospects. So 2025 could be positive for you. It's a wide range of outcomes, but it could also be really bad. Devin Williams probably won't be here right. either. Um, yep. If we're being honest, you know, you, I don't see the brewers taking us closer to its last year of arbitration um, and, and paying him that when you could get a haul for him on the market. So, yeah, it's a a risk that the Brewers are running, but you kind of look up and down the division and you look at their roster and you say, okay, by bringing Adams back, by bringing Burns back, by bringing Williams back, this team should probably win the division.
2: What about Pat Murphy? How different will things be with Pat Murphy running the show versus Craig Council?
1: Another good question. I wish I had a great answer for it. Um, I do think for sure Murphy sees the game a little different. I know for a fact he communicates a little differently than counsel. Although we will see how <laughs> there's a it's it's a, a lot different when you slide over one seat. We saw it with the Bucks with Adrian Griffin. Now, I'm not saying that's let's not that let's not bring that up and think,
2: ruin this interview, no, please. But, because
1: look, it's a it's a way different situation because Murphy already has great rapport with a a lot of these players. Um, but it's it is a different relationship. I think is the point I'm trying to make when you slide over to the, 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 the big seat, Now the, the relationships, like I said, are already in place. Um, it, it should work out far better than the buck situation. Uh, but we never know until he's in that spot. Uh, but like I said, there's rapport there. Um, these guys know how to work together. The organization knows him. He knows the organization. So even though Murphy hasn't had a full-time managing job at this level, like the brewers know what they're getting and it's, a much safer and much more sensible uh, position to be in, in my opinion.
2: Is Ricky Weeks the future manager after Murphy? Because that's what it feels like.
1: Uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he hasn't been a bench coach either. So I think there's a lot of reasons to see Ricky Weeks as a potential has manager. He hasn't been in anything below.
2: coach. Has he? Has he coached anywhere?
1: Um, No. He's uh, not really. No. Uh, <laughs> like some, 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 some consulting and he's worked in the front office. That's, right.
2: Yeah. That's a big thing too. Like I like coached. Yeah. Yeah. But um, be honest. When Ricky weeks was a player, I don't remember. Were you, were you, no, you're probably too young. Were you interviewing Ricky weeks back in the day? No, 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 I was not. Okay. Well, I'll no. tell you from big at that clubhouse, what it was Fielder, hard and all those guys, you could have given me however many players you want me to guess at who would be a, a coach at some point. Ricky weeks wouldn't have been on my top, probably 15 list. I mean, to say that I was shocked when they named him not bench coach, but whatever goofy title they came up with him for, associate manager or whatever the hell it is. That's um, right. Uh, yeah. So I'm sorry,
1: I'm sorry I said bench coach. He's not the bench coach. So stupid.
2: Uh, but either but way, I-, I was absolutely shocked that this is the role that they put him in, and that he has aspirations to be a manager. Like I, I, I just and having a bunch of conversations with him over the years, I never thought that was a thing. Like, if you would have said J.J. Hardy, I would have said, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, probably, right? Corey Hart never would have been on my list, no no chance. Uh, Braun, you know, prior to the cheating, I would have said, yeah, okay, yeah, I could probably see maybe Braun doing it. I could even have seen Prince doing it. But I, Weeks and Hart, those two, I I never, ever, ever would have guessed uh either one of them would have gone down this path of coaching.
1: Well, you think about Weeks as like a as a player. He was a hard nosed, gritty guy, uh, and that's what he's going to be in this job. And it seems to be that when he was sort of on the player development front office side, like it it it, it sort of just clicked, and the Brewers really liked what they saw out of him. And that's going to be an interesting spot to be in, like as a bench coach. Um, it's not often a position where you are. Tasked with like player development responsibilities to a large degree, and I think that might be one of Ricky Weeks' strengths, especially with some of the infielders. Right. So now it's you know we we have not seen him as a coach, so we don't know how it's going to work. We don't know how him and Murphy are going to work together. That's a that's a very important uh, dynamic. You know they're they're similar in their intensity. Um, That's probably a good thing, but. You never know um, when two intense folks that haven't worked together get together. But you know, the Brewers are kind of going with the um, going with continuity. They're going with in-house. They're going with, okay, Craig Council, you wanted to leave, we will win without you, and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we will see how it works see. out.
2: And I'm convinced that's the reason they didn't trade anybody. That it, it is council left to heck with you. We're going to win this division this year while you're in Chicago, and then after that, maybe we may do something. But I think that probably plays into it too because Mark was clearly hacked off by that. I, I'm beyond mad about it, uh, but I'm glad that they were able to at least keep you know their coaching staff together, especially Chris Hook, because I was fearful that was going to leave. He was going to leave too, uh, so I was happy about that. Kurt, thanks so much for coming on. We went way longer than I told you we were going to go. You can follow him on Twitter at Kurt Hogue. Uh, as well uh, at the Milwaukee Journal Settle Burr's Beat Writer. Uh, Thanks so much, man. Enjoy all your stuff. I especially enjoy what you get to do with the minor league stuff on social media. Always fun, too.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Spark.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours